welcome to The Phoenix Nest, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Kat. And I'm Jess. And today we'll be discussing actually three books, which are combined into one book called Snowy Little Christmas. Uh, so we have Starry Night by Fern Michaels, Mistletoe and Mimosas by Tara Sheets, and Missing Christmas by Kate Claiborne. Yes, an anthology yeah, of romance. Yeah, it's going to be... It's just going to be a lot, so we're going to try to, like, skip through them. But before we get started, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast app so others can find us. We'd also like to remind you that you can find us on Instagram at the PHX Nest Pod and on Twitter at PHX Pod. You'll find those links as well as the link to our blog and email address in the show notes. Now, to the book. So we're going to do this one a little bit differently um, because it is three short stories in one book. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about them individually and we'll rate them individually. Uh, that was kind of my dream last <laughs> night. It's going to be great. It's going to be awful. It's going to be a, no, it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot. It's so. going to be, it's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of in- information coming at your ear holes, but I'm ready to do this. Yeah. How did we pick this first off? Um, so this was getting a lot of hype on Instagram, actually. I kept seeing it go through and people posting like, oh my god, I got the new Fern Michaels. And I was like, cool, we haven't done a Fern Michaels. And so... You mentioned it. Yeah, and I was like, if everyone's like super excited, we'll just, you know, grab this. People were like taking photos at Target of them getting their book and stuff. I don't ever do that, but, like, good for you if you're that excited. And it seemed like the Fern Michaels was supposed to be the big seller, like the selling point of the anthology. Her name is, like, the biggest on the cover, which is really weird. Yeah. And then it's, like, (laughs) at the very, very, it's, like, Fern Michaels, and then a little bit smaller, A Snowy Little Christmas, (laughs) and then a little bit smaller, Tara Sheets Kate Claiborne. Yeah. It's, like, uh, they're her minions or something. It was really weird. She's, like, I'm going to teach you to write some romance. Here we go. Before we get started, though, can we talk about how weird it is that her name is the largest, but her story is the first one? Right. Wouldn't you think she would be the last one? I would think, I feel like that's always, like, for me, a save the best for last thing. Yeah. If I'm going to be the one that's probably doing the book tour, if they're the book tour, or, like, being promoted the most, or I'm the most well-known, or if my story is the longest. Well, and it's also, like, when you go to a concert, uh-huh. you have your opening act, and then you have your main act. Yeah, yeah, like the headliner. Yeah. If she was supposed to be the headliner... Why was I she first? Like it should have been... I don't understand the, like, order thing. It was, I don't understand a lot about this anthology, but we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into we that, into yeah. Um, so, yeah, Snowy Little Christmas, the idea behind this is that each of the three stories includes some element of being snowed in at Christmas time, and that's supposed to be, like, the romantic common factor, from my understanding. So, the headline on the, t- on the synopsis for this, so we're going to read this each synopsis separately, but the headline for the overall thing Mm -hmm. is sometimes love needs a little help from mother nature and what better time than the holidays to let it snow and snow and snow okay i want to also point out that the cover of this book is adorable it's like weirdly a yellow cover yeah which i wouldn't pick for a christmas anthology for romance but it has like this adorable wreath and some lights and snowing and it's just it's precious the wreath has little snow people Yeah, it's just, it's a really good cover, and I feel like I'm one of those people who gets drawn to covers. 
Oh, so I'm like, oh my god, they're so pretty. I would read that just based on the cover, which is stupid. So, so then, stupid. So but... here's my thing about the cover. Yeah. This cover is very stereotypical holiday romance cover. Yeah. Like, this is every romance, holiday romance that we've pulled out in your garage at Garage Night has oh had similar gosh. covers to this. We're not reading any of those. They were sad when I summed through them. They were awful. Um, <laughs> they're just so sad. But anyways, we're going to start out just, we're going to go in the order they are in the book. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know about you, but I've never had like a romantic encounter that was, you know, made possible by awful weather. Okay. So that's because in Arizona, our awful weather is monsoon season. And, and that's the summer. And I don't want a romantic encounter when I'm sweating my ass off. You're going to say your balls. Right? I was. <laughs> I don't have those, though. <laughs> Um, you guys said your boobs. True. Oh. oh my god, that reminds me. Should we shout out our our Christmas card that we got? Yeah, we got a Christmas card. Um, so we are part of the um Potter and Family Christmas card exchange this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. And we got our first Christmas card the other day. We got it sent to my office at work. Um, so Kelly from Boobies and Newbies, your card is amazing. That's the kind of cover we should have picked. Not this like classic Christmas one. It is so oh funny. It made me laugh really hard and I immediately took a picture and sent it to Kat because I was like, holy shit, look at this. And I in turn showed it to my parents who laughed. Did you? Yeah. I showed it to my coworker and he, he was like, ho, ho, <laughs> oh, a happy holidays to my ho, ho, ho. Yeah. No, it was fantastic. But yeah, so we're participating in that. So I want to shout them out real quick before we get started, because that was really cool. Yes, I was really happy. It's a cool idea. It is a really fun idea. So thank you, first off, to Kelly for putting that together. That was and really like, awesome. thinking of us. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Anyways, um, we'll get back to Starry Night, which also is like a biblical name, right? Yeah. Like the hymn, right? Yeah. I hope Starry Night. Is that a hymn? It's, it it's just like a Christmas song. song. I don't know. I'm not religious. I have no idea. I feel like I should know this idea. Anyways, Starry Night by Fern Michael. Take it away. All right. It says, as the host of a radio program for the Lovelorn, Jessie Richmond is surprisingly lonely, especially with the holidays approaching. So she decides to make the trek to her uncle's bookstore in rural New York State and hold a speed dating event, only to find herself snowed in with one very special single. That is the entirety of the blurb for that book. You just heard the entire story. And it, I just, I felt so disappointed. I was like, she's really well known. Mm -hmm. She's, you know, you see her ranked up there with like Nora Roberts. Yeah. And like, you know, classic kind of romance authors from the past few years that like kind of held steady. She's been like way up there. So here's my question. Did you have a physical copy or did you have an e-copy? I had me copy. Okay. So. <laughs> it's that I couldn't even <laughs> So here's the deal. At the beginning of the book, it has all the, like, the books that the authors have written, right? Right. I want you to know that Tara Sheets has three listed. Okay. Kate Claiborne has three listed. Okay. Everything else on this list, which is like a page and a half, is everything Fern Michaels has ever written. And we got this bullshit. It was like she kind of strung some storyline together real quick. But let's, I guess, get into more details, even though you don't really need more details. So, 
Yes, she goes to her uncle's bookstore. Her uncle has left it to her. Yeah, he's moving to Florida. He's not dead, which is what you would think if someone inherits a bookstore. I thought he was dead. Me too. At the beginning, then she mentioned how he's moving to Florida or whatever, and I was like, okay. Um, anyways, so he's like, I love this to you because you loved it so much when you were a kid, but she's like, I can't leave my powerful job as but, like an unqualified advisor. <laughs> but her job, she wasn't supposed to be... She was, like, filling in on emergencies when they that just, other woman would call out. They just, call, like, we need you to do this. You don't have to be qualified to do it. Just do it. And she did. seems so wrong. And it's, like, it's, she's essentially Delilah. Delilah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, she goes up there and she's, like, you know, I don't really want to be in charge of a bookstore. It's a lot of work. And I'm going to sell it. Like, a lot. So, I'm just going to get rid of it. And. She's, like, fighting some sentimental memories a little bit, like, when she was growing up and reading to other kids and blah, blah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cute. Um, we talked about this, but the first couple of chapters, I 100% was excited because I thought we were getting a lesbian romance. Because I she t- hits it off so well with her realtor. I thought for certain that they were going to kiss under, under some fucking mistletoe, and they were going to save the bookstore, and they were going to own a bookstore as lesbians together, and it was so excited. I was like, what a weird but cool twist. Fern Michaels. But this is the straightest white person love story <laughs> I have ever read. Also, she has so much more chemistry with the realtor than with literally anyone else. Even her best friend. Right? Her and her best friend are, like, awkward. Yeah. And I don't understand. And then her love interest is... I don't know. Anyways, so she decides that they're going to get rid of all the books and have this, like, thing where you can fill a box of books for free. Which is weird. She And she talks about how she could return the books, but then she would have to find the receipts. Bitch, get your money. Those things cost money. And, like, I feel like when you're getting rid of property, you're supposed to, like, evaluate... The worth. The worth of the entire thing, not just the building. And she's like, get rid of everything. It's fine. I don't care. I don't want it. And it's like, whoa. Because when you sell a bookstore, you're not... Like, you can liquidate as much as you can and sure. then sell the rest of it. When you sell it, like you can literally like sell the building as this is a bookstore. And when you purchase it, you purchase the merchandise. Yeah. But they didn't do that. She was just like, give it away. And she's like, this is such a great idea. And I was like, I could see where I would say that if I had thousands of books and I died. Oh my but God. no one died and she just didn't want to deal with it. I kind of want to be like, in that Why town. Am I here? Can I have a box and just go fill it with fucking books? <gasps> so. Anyways, they tell her she needs to get some, like, repairs done, and they need to get an estimate and all that stuff, and, um... They give her this guy, who I don't even remember his name. recommendation for a really great contractor dude. Yep. And so he comes out, and this is supposed to be, like, their zinging moment, and it is so flat. It is just, like, so boring. And I hate that part of the reason that this falls flat is because of the way they talk to each other about their past romances. Because Ugh. I don't care in a book if you've got kids. I don't care in the book. Or even in real life if you've been divorced. Like, I don't care. But the chemistry was almost entirely missing from them. But she was, like, she kept saying that she had these feelings. And I was like, but, like, you just describe it. <laughs> okay, first off, his name is Evan. Okay. Just so you know. That's a fine name. I guess. For a contractor. Can I just say, her name is Jessie, and okay. as Jess, as a Jessica, people right. have tried to call me Jessie, I will fuck you up. 
do not call me Jesse. And it irritated me so much. That okay. I was like, There's no preferences there. Okay. Her name is Jesse. But they, yeah, there was like all these emotions. She had a lot of feelings. He had some feelings. But they didn't really the talk about it. They described well. No. The feel- they just weren't. Like, normally, um, when people have that kind of like, I guess it's a meet cute. Kind right? of. Because yeah. Because it's a setup meeting. And, like, they're, they're supposedly both good-looking, like, whatever. But oh. there should be some, like, sparks there. And if she's describing feelings, they should be, like, all the butterfly blushing feelings. I don't know. I have read a billion meet-cutes because I like meet-cutes. I think they're adorable. We talk about you possibly having a meet-cute in your life. Oh, my God. Chinese finger trap meet-cute. <laughs> yes! But not because really. That'd be weird. we just talked about that on our yeah, hike. Yeah, we just talked about that on our hike this morning. <laughs> but... It wasn't done correctly. And it was insta-love, which yeah. is a trope that I cannot stand. I hate insta-love. Oh, I don't mind the love at first sight thing, but I think it was not done well this time. Because no. we didn't get a really good picture of both of their emotions. No. And it just felt really flat for me. And then we find out Evan has a son. Who's and, cute, I guess. Yeah, and, like, they find out that... um she was, like, the bossy kid that would always read to the kids at the bookstore, and he was one of the kids who hated reading but loved when she read to him, which was also, like, a weird dynamic. And he was a little bit older than her. It's like, a li- like two years yeah. older, but he was all into sports or whatever. But, hey, surprise, my son really likes to read. Yeah. And then, so, there's all these things that are happening, and he decides that she should keep the bookstore. And he and his son and his son's friend come in, and they decorate the bookstore. And she's like, oh, my God, my realtor. And I was like, yes, sparking a romance with your realtor. Let it be the lesbian love story I need. But it wasn't. And it comes out that she just doesn't get that he's the one who decorated it. Okay, because she thinks it's the realtor, and then she thinks it's her best friend, and then she has no idea. I'm like, really? That's the end of the line of reasoning for you? Those are the only people you know? There's no person you've spoken to in this small town? It was dumb. And I hated it. And there was a weird story about snow angels. Yeah, I I had a lot of trouble paying attention to this one because it was so boring to me. This was a really, I will say, as a whole, this was a difficult one to get through because the first story started out as a dud. And there was no sexual chemistry. Oh my god. There was no romantic chemistry. There was no sexual chemistry. 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 And I feel like you don't need the sexual chemistry generally for me to like your book. You don't need to have, like, blazing hot sex scenes. They kissed twice. But I need a little something more than a chaste mouth-closed kiss. Look. That's like first graders kissing on a playground. I don't know. I just, I struggled so much. Um, so. She wasn't, at no point where they snowed in. She was kind of snowed in, but he came and made a snow angel off of the story she told on her skylight? Which would just creep me the fuck out. If I woke up and looked up and there was just the shape of a fucking body. Right. What do you look up with the, the guys <laughs> doing it? I'm like, that's not cute to me. I don't look out windows in the night. I just don't. So someone traipsing onto my roof and making a snow angel. It's creepy. It's a little scary. It's, it's scary. It's creepy. It's uncalled for. Like, I get he was trying to be cute, but go away. And I think it's really strange because this is generally, like, this couple is a little bit older mm-hmm. than some of the other couples we read, but that doesn't 
mean that their idea of romance has to be so weird. Like, there's no reason they can't have a normal romantic relationship that's not all based around weird sentiment from, like, 35 years ago. Yeah. I don't understand that part. Some people really like that, of, like, going back home and finding a long-lost friend or long-lost lover or yeah. like something like that. And I get that. That's just not a thing that worked in this book. This is not a second chance romance. I think that's what you're talking about and thinking about when you go home yeah. and you find a lost love. But this was, they didn't really know each other because she yeah. had no idea who he was, but he knew who she was because of her being and the one he, he was reading. And he had a backstory of being a baseball player. Yeah. Like his whole divorce story was weird. He was a baseball player professionally and then he got like a really fucked up shoulder and they told him he'd never play again after his, like, first year. Because he and got injured. his wife was really greedy. Why can't you get a different job that pays more? Like, be a newscaster, be a commentator or something. Yeah. And then, like, there's a whole thing about how the wife tries to, like, sue him because she's gotten used to living in luxury and all this stuff. Whatever. And, like, it was just, there was so much going on there, but we don't ever have any resolution. Like, nope. we never actually saw... The wife, right? The no, ex-wife. never. Okay, see, I have to ask because I glazed over so many of these pages. This is I'm flipping through on my Kindle. And here's the sad part: uh, this first story was only 110 pages. It just, I just really fell flat, and I thought this is so hyped up. People are so excited because it what they weren't saying. Oh, this is going to be a great tear sheet story. They were saying Fern Michaels. I'm so excited, and I was like, cool, we haven't done one. Yeah, and now it was awful. It was it was really weird. Let's talk about how there was no ending. There's no resolution to things in this book. There was no resolution. There was no ending at all. And I remember I texted Kat and I was like, um, so the first one just doesn't fucking end. It just stops and there's nothing left. It's just... I don't need the proposal. I don't need the big romantic gesture at the end necessarily to signify that's the end. But I need something that tells me that they actually love each other within the two weeks that they, like, know each other. It's so Other than making a snowy Weird. Let's see. What does she and say? And I'm, like, a diehard romantic. So if something, like, light and easy like this doesn't get me going, like, tears not in my eyes. I was more like, ugh, why? I had zero emotion for this entire short story. I didn't because give it a bland. shit. It was bland. It was bland. Alright, on a scale of one to five, how many stars do you give this? I give it a one. Same. Because I think the idea behind it is solid. It has good elements to it, but if I if she had been ballsy enough to write the lesbian romance and add it into this yes. anthology, I think it would have gone over actually better. Yeah. Because she was much better at writing dialogue between female characters. Yeah. Even though it was a little clumsy with her best friend. But with the realtor, it was fine. And they hit, they were talking, like, real-life story real fast. Yeah, and it was like, you don't do that with most people. No. You don't jump into your whole, well, I swore off men because of... And that's the part where I was like, oh, lesbians. <laughs> and then it wasn't. Let there be a Christmas lesbian book, please. Just gasping. Lesbians. Lesbians. Like, <laughs> aliens, guys. Aliens. That's why I remind myself, because my hands, you guys can't see me, but my hands are flailing a lot. Um, anyways, why did you give it a one? It was bad. <laughs> just overall bad. Just plain and simple. And I am, I, you know, we, we started this off as, you know, Kat was going to be our hopeless romantic and I'm super cynical about love. And I am really cynical about, about it in like real day-to-day life. 
But in your books, in my, you want the HEA. Yeah, in the books, I want an HEA. This didn't have anything. There was no, like, happily ever after. It was just like, oh, you're going to quit being Dr. Richie, and you're just going to come live with me. So Yay. Just, what what but is that? Luckily, but luckily, it got slightly better for story number two, Mistletoe and Mimosas. By Tara Sheets. By Tara Sheets. Oh, man, here we go. All right. After years of hard work, real estate agent Layla Gentry has her dream home on Pine Cove Island. She's perfectly content to be on her own until her childhood nemesis, Sebastian, comes to town. When a snowstorm and a stranded kitten bring them together on New Year's, or on Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, on Christmas <laughs> Eve, Layla discovers he's all grown up and she may have one more dream left. Okay. First of all, this is the middle of our, of our anthology, right? Yes. It took too long in the story for us to find out in what way he had bullied her in high school. It took far too long for me. She was set up for it throughout the beginning when she walks in and talks to her friend. Uh Uh-huh. When she's mad and she ends up at the office and they're like, what's wrong with you? When she refuses to show the houses and she's like, I don't want him to live down the street from me. Like, there are opportunities for just the, like, two-sentence explanation of he was kind of a dick in high school, which when you hear the explanation, he wasn't really being a dick. It was his friends that were being I just, a dick. <laughs> that so that's my like not good part of this book. Okay, so yeah, this is she is a workaholic, but for good reason. She grew up with a single mother who was barely making ends meet in a trailer. In a trailer, no television. Not enough. For food or new clothes or school supplies, all of that stuff. Yeah. Her backpack had someone else's name on it because they bought it at the thrift store. Like, she had kind of a rough life. And I get that. I grew up in a really small town, and there wasn't a lot of opportunity for a lot of people. So, I, you know, I had friends who lived that life. But no one ever made fun of anybody, but that was because of this situation. Right. So she grew up really poor, mm-hmm. and then this guy, Sebastian, he had a lot of money. Because he had, like, the yeah. idyllic life, if you will. And I'm putting that in quotations because we find out through this book it was not as idyllic as everyone thought. Which I think happens quite often with people that they think money covers and fixes Everything, anything. yeah. And that's just not true in real life or in a romance novel. No. That's just, it's not a good band-aid. And um, so they they kind of glaze over that whole situation. And it's just... It was really weird. So she's this big shot realtor. She's got her dream home. She can afford to have an apartment paid for for her mother who works in a diner still. She's still kind of struggling. And, but Layla's made a name for herself. Yes. And, and it's like this little back home kind of feeling. Yeah. 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 It feels really small town. And Mm -hmm. it was, it kind of reminded me a little bit of like the cold version of my hometown. Okay. Like my hometown is the hot version of. Pine Cove Island. Okay. I also kept saying Pine Cone Island in my head. <laughs> and I know it's not that. I just almost said that when reading Pine this. Cove. Pine Cove Island. So she has a friend who works at an animal shelter. Yes. And her friend has talked her into fostering. Fostering an animal of some kind. And so she's like, fine, whatever. And she kind of forgets about it. Yeah. She's like, okay, fine. Put me on the list. I'll be next. Whatever. Well, and her turn comes up and it's a little kitten named Toonses. Yeah. Okay. My mouth doesn't like to say that name, but Neither like, mine. whatever. People name their pets weird shit all the time. So yeah, true, whatever. True. I had a cat named Tic Tac. That is true. Yeah. 
That's really weird. I'm trying to remember. My sister's friend had a cat that had a funny name. Oh. I'll think of it later. You'll think of it later. It's just, it was so funny. You'll text me about it. And I'll be like, God damn it. Oh my God. So she goes to get this kitten and... Or to get information or something. She's stopping to see her friend, I think. This has been a while since I read this one. I read it a while ago. But she goes to the vet office where her friend works, and guess who is there? It's Sub- the hot vet doctor. Sebastian! <laughs> he was described a lot better than a lot of the other uh, romantic interests. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he does sound kind of hot. So, Sebastian's there, yeah, and she's kind of like, oh, God. So, the whole point of why this book is called Mistletoe and Mimosas is there's mistletoe throughout town. Yeah. And there's, like, this weird little saying that they say about the mistletoe, because Layla's friend is cousins with the woman who does the mistletoe, and they say that she's kind of witchy. Yeah, she can, like. Like she can like breathe potions and give you spells or something. Some, like, yeah, she say, cooks. She yeah. cooks potions into her. Um, Which is her like, who wouldn't want to muffins. be that person? Listen, if we could be witches, that'd be amazing. Okay, I've thought about it, but I don't know if I have time. <laughs> we don't have time to be witches. I don't have time to do all the stuff that you need to do. Yeah, there's a lot, but so she runs into Sebastian and she kind of runs away because fuck that. Why would you want to hang out with your bully? There's just no point. And like fair. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I wouldn't want to hang out with mine. Not that I had one, but I wouldn't want to. I don't think I had one. And so, all this crazy stuff, you know, she's kind of reliving her past and how sad it is. She yeah. kind of lives in this kind of sad home. Like, it's her dream home, but she has oh these God. weird picture frames that <laughs> don't have anything in them. Why? They're all bejeweled and, like, pretty. Her and, like, Swarovski bright. crystal picture but frames. they're empty. Like, she takes out the stock photos, even, and she just has a bunch of them displayed. They're empty. empty. Which, if I walked into someone's house, and that's their, like, centerpiece in the hall, I'd be like, the fuck is going on? Like, what? So, he shows up, and he's like, these are really pretty. She's like, yeah, they're empty right now. I just don't have anything to put them in, in them. And he's like, no, I think they're really pretty. They're very you empty picture frames and he doesn't have anything to say about it? Like, what the hell? Oh my gosh, you, have you ever watched Friends? No. <laughs> There's an episode. Taboo subject, don't watch it. Unpopular opinion. Don't no, care. No, it's fine. But like, there's an episode where this guy that works at the diner with one of the characters writes a poem called The Empty Vase. <laughs> and he says it's because it reminds him of her. And she's like, oh, it's so romantic. And then everyone, like, after she leaves and they read it, they're like, Oh my gosh, she's the empty vase. She's so pretty on the outside, but there's nothing on the inside. And, like, she doesn't get it. Oh, no. (laughs) But that's what that reminds me of, that, like, metaphor. I can see that. Okay, yeah. Anyways, that was a little tangent. But, yeah. Um, so, they end up having to spend time together because the woman who is supposed to be the realtor for Sebastian Harrington has to go out of town to Kansas, of all places, Suddenly. Weird. Yeah. She has to go to Kansas because her dad had a stroke. A stroke, yeah. And so she'll be gone, and she's like, listen, it's going to be a great sale. It'll be really easy. You're going to show them around. You're going to make mad money on that commission. Fine, I'll do it. So it means she's, like, forced to hang out with him. And he, like, is super intrigued by her from the start. Like, from the start of him being back. Well, that's because... He wants to hang out with her and talk to her, and she's always just, like, this really aloof... Like, oh, it's nice to see you, too. Well, but that's because we find out that he had a crush on her. Like, a horrible crush. Like, an 
all-consuming, I'm in love with you, but I've never talked to you, Fred. Yeah, like, and I want to talk to you, but my friends are dicks. Yeah, and, you know, that poor versus wealthy, yeah. you know, dynamic there, that he tried to be nicer, and then some days he would be not nicer, and we find out why later, but... Societal pressures. Yeah, oh my god, weird. Yeah. Um, but they end up hanging out, and then his friends fuck it up real bad. Again. He, oh, Keith. Okay, first of all, we all know Keith. Uh-huh. We all know that person that you walk into somewhere, and they're like, hey! And you're like, no! Okay. Don't look at me. And Keith is the alcoholic. And he's always like, my wife's gonna be pissed. I drank too much. I don't know why he has a southern accent when I think of him, but he's like, Is it awful. because his name is Keith and he's a drunk? Maybe. So I have my kid from my hometown <laughs> who was that person. Okay. Sorry. My sister's friend's cats were named Brisket and Treatses. <laughs> That's why I couldn't think of Treatses, because I thought that was so funny. Treatses. And now she has a dog named Gretchen. <laughs> they call her Stretchy Gretchy. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I just had to ask her because it's been driving me nuts. That's hysterical. So, back to what we were saying. What were we saying? About Keith. Okay. So, we ha- I have someone from my hometown, but my Keith is also the kid who peed his pants every day until the third grade. So, you're like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> You pissed, we all know. <laughs> you pissed yourself in third grade. No one cares. Um, but it's like, she finally gets this thing where she's like, okay, fine. I'm going to show him houses. But she puts it off, which is stupid because it's <sighs> right before the holidays. And like, this dude's living in an apartment and he doesn't like it. But she's like, no, I'll email you. I'll email you. And I'm like, bitch, you live 10 minutes away from him. You're in a small town. Just, just show houses. But can we talk about the one house that she shows him? Oh my gosh. And they're like, there's an extra bedroom or something. Oh my god. They open the closet. Yeah. And she does not realize that the room was a sex dungeon because there's like handholds on the set. wall. Yeah. That's what they're looking for. They're like, where's a swing? There's not a swing set in the backyard. Because it's a sex dungeon house. It's a sex swing, not a swing. So that goes to have you, did you ever see the listing of the sex dungeon house that they had on for sale? Yeah, yeah. And it was, like, super high-end, and everything looked really pretty, and you're like, oh my god, this is a really nice house. And then you go into the basement, and you're like, is that a cage like, under the bed? Hold on. That was the best listing of the year. And people wanted to go see it just because it was so weird. And it was, like, in a normal neighborhood. Yeah. And people were like, we had no idea. Like, this is so creepy. It would creep me out a whole lot. It would also creep me out if the thought of the person who owned it next was that we would use that second hand. Ugh. Yeah, no thanks. It's gross. If you're rich enough to afford a sex dungeon, get me a new one. <laughs> if you're rich enough to be Christian Grey, but not a dick bag. Oh, God. Oh, God. No, no, no. So, you know, there's that moment where she is thrown back into, yes, I am the poor one. Yeah, her insecurities really catch up with her, and it makes her into kind of bitch. Yeah. Which I can understand. Because you're going to play off of whatever your emotions are, and yes. if you can't get yourself out of that place, I get it. But this but he one, was being really kind to her. Yeah. And she was like not giving him the opportunity. Well, that's because they went speak. they went to the country club and they right. run into drunk ass Keith. Yeah, and then he's like reminding her of her place. He's like, Oh, you finally made it in here, did you kind of stuff? Oh, you like, fine look what you finally done with yourself. Like, you're no wow. longer that person anymore. Wow. He's just a really shitty person. But, okay, so what I don't understand is why... I 
feel like in that moment, in the book, maybe not in real life, depending on who you are, but in the book, mm-hmm. I felt like that could have been her major bitch moment. She could have kicked that guy's ass verbally. <gasps> it would have been great. And let it go because he's a drunk asshole. Oh my God, that would have been great. But instead, she gets mad at Sebastian. Because he's friends with like, him still. And like, take me home. And he's like, I don't understand why she's so upset. So they have this this falling out kind of a situation, right? Yeah. And then she has a moment where she gets home and realizes she can't find Toonces, the kitten. Yeah. Because the kitten the whole time is trying to make a run for it, which is pretty common for cats. That's not like, open door, cool, here we go. My cat does not, but that's because that's the good. outside scares him. Good. Yeah. It's, He'll live a lot longer here. He's great. So... I say he's great like it's the best thing ever, but he's kind of a dick. Whatever. <laughs> um, so she realizes that Toonces is gone and it's snowing and she can't find him. And then she thinks, oh, no, when I ran back inside to get what I was, what I forgot, I left the door open. He must have gotten out. So she goes searching for this kitten. Yeah. And finds him out like on the beach area under a bush, half dead. Yeah. Which... Bitch, you're fostering this cat. Like, it's not even your cat right now. You're just fostering it. So she rushes him down to the vet, does not care that it's Sebastian and she's mad at him. She just wants this kitten to be healthy because she realizes, okay, I am going to keep the kitten. I am kind of lonely. Yeah. And like she, I think there's a part in there where she says this is all because of her and it wasn't fair that he wouldn't have a happy life because she was irresponsible. She's like like, really hard on herself about this cat escaping. But it's a cat. They do that. cat's... Yeah, cats do that. They just leave. So she gets down there and he's like, hey, he's fine. He's just really cold. We're going to warm him up. It's going to be okay. But then they realize that the big snowstorm is coming in. Right, and they're supposed to be places. He's supposed to be his sister's and his sister has been, like, trying to convince him to do something really kind for for Layla and, like, make it up to her because he knows he is a dick and it's really ridiculous. Whatever. And but she's now going to miss being with her mother. Yep. Which is like their tradition because it's just them two. But their tradition is kind of shitty to begin with because they didn't ever have any money, and they kind of do the same thing. They play board games, and I don't. But know. they never have a tree. Her mom would bring home Twinkies. And they would heat up a frozen pizza in the oven, if I remember correctly. Yeah, real solid there. I feel like if you have the place to make your celebration better you would want to yeah especially because she was so touchy about being poor when she was younger yeah it's weird that she wants to continue the tradition that would remind her that she was poor does that make sense yeah okay. see i would change that i would have a new tradition i would start something new so the whole thing with this book is that they do get snowed in and he makes cheap mimosas from whatever is in the work fridge at the vet's office yeah she's like these are delicious and it's like all right all right fun but there's a resolution in this one. Like, there is a problem, and there is a resolution. Yeah. Which, thank God, Tara Sheets, thank you for doing that. Yeah. Because. Like a true short story. It was a true short story. Yeah. There was, like, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Definitely. And it was great. And it's the happily ever after they get together, and it's cute, and it's fun. And it's, like, the end. The end. And you're like, okay, accept that. Like, cool. Yeah. I felt it a little bit weird, though, that it was, like, a bully to lover, but I think it was done correctly. Yeah, this wasn't, like, um, he did something truly horrible, like, the teen movie drama stuff. Oh, God. Where, like, he bet his friends he could take her virginity or something stupid like that. Yeah. Like, this was a more understandable thing. Like, but the bully to love everything, I think, is kind of a weird trope. 
Whereas, like, enemies to lovers, I'm like, okay, they hate each other. They Or they think they hate each other. Yeah. That makes more sense to me than the bully thing. Because usually if someone bullies you, I wouldn't expect them to, to change treat you kindly in the future. Yeah, like, they no. may feel remorseful, but, but I feel like I would stay very far away from someone yeah. who made me feel like shit all the time. If someone treated me poorly, I don't want to be around them, and I don't want to be a love interest to them. Oh, God, can you imagine? No. I feel Ew. like you'd have to have so many long talks. So much therapy for both and couples therapy together. So on a scale of one to five, what do you rate? Oh, I hit my microphone. Um, I'm going to go ahead and bump this one up a little bit to a two. Okay. I felt like it was a more solid story. It was more thorough, if that makes sense. Uh Uh-huh. Still wasn't great, but it was better. I gave this one a three. Okay. Because it felt miles better compared to the first one okay and it was not perfect but it wasn't awful and that's fair three is my middle ground where i'm just kind of like eh it was good but it wasn't bad Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like perfect yeah so it was my middle ground so i give it a three there was a lot more going for it okay and i got a fucking rebel resolution to the story and that's all i wanted fair that's all i wanted <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. So this takes us to our last one in this anthology. It's called Missing Christmas by Kate Claiborne. It's all work and no play for two longtime friends turned business partners, Kristen and Jasper, until an unexpected kiss turns things personal. Will it mean the end of something or the beginning? With the major contract in the balance, Christmas around the corner, and a lot of unspoken feelings, it may take an unpredictable blizzard in New England to seal the deal. Okay. Okay. They work Co-workers, together. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they've always kind of kept their distance from each other romantically, even though they're best friends. Yes. Um, you know, because they work together every single day, and they're, like, in the most contact, I guess. And their job is kind of weird. Yeah, they're, like, weird contractors. Like, they, they hire people for these contracts for big companies. They, like, they're, like, almost, like, headhunters. Kind of. For inventors. Yes. Like, someone's, like... I think we need to do this thing. And it was the desalination of water. Yes. Who has a patent for this thing? And they go and find that person. Like, they mediate a, like, a they contract. broker a contract between the big company and the person that owns the patent. And this is, which, they're going to send the guy to India for two years or something like that. Which sounds really like a difficult job, but they love it and they love working together and all this stuff. And um, this was one where they switched back and forth through the perspective. Yes. Each chapter. I don't like that very much. (laughs) (laughs) No, we've had that discussion before where you've told me I don't like when they head hop. Because I think it cuts off too much sometimes if it's every single chapter. Okay, so... Because I think you can do it. There's ways to do it. I have... it's not as, like, jarring when you switch. Okay. Yeah. I have a series that I really like. Yeah. And you go through one perspective, like the first couple books. Uh Uh-huh. And then suddenly they're introducing more characters and you start to head hop like that. Okay. Which means I now have to read a chapter for a character I don't give two shits about. Just to get back to the chapter of the characters that I actually care about. That's annoying. Mm -hmm. And I hate it. However, I didn't hate this. I didn't mind it. Because it was easy to flip through their heads. Yeah. But I think that's because they weren't super... Different from this each other. This one wasn't as bad as others I've read. I'll definitely no. give it that. Um, so anyways, they got this really great contract, and they're excited, and so she kisses him, and it turns into this, like, really passionate kiss. Well, she asks him it's to like, kiss her. It's just, it's just a lot. It happens. It's a thing. 
whatever. They move on. They think, okay, he didn't like it, she didn't like it, but I've been in love with her forever. I'm not going to say anything. For like six years. Yeah. Just. So, it's getting close to the holidays. They're panicking because, come to find out, this big contract that they got, the guy's now thinking, I'm not going to go. Yeah, I don't want to live in another country for two years. I have a grandchild on the way. I want to be stateside for that. I want to be, it's my only yeah. child. It's going to be great. Um, so they decide right before Christmas that they are going to fly out to his house. It is a dumb idea. If they're on the eastern side of the country. At Christmas time, like, it's going to fucking snow. And also, how did they just get flights? That's my real question. I got my flights a month ago, and I'm still trying to figure out how we managed to get them. I just, I don't get it. I don't either. So they go to this guy's house. They're going to try to talk him into continuing to take the contract because they need him to take this contract. Right. So that they have money to pay their secretary and to keep their office space. Yes. So he's still saying no. And they're getting to see kind of their family dynamic. Uh Now, Kristen is supposed to go home with her family. She's got her siblings and her parents, and things are going to be great, and she can't wait. But Jasper doesn't go home for the holidays. He doesn't care. And he keeps talking about how much he misses her. They're still in the company of each other, but he misses her. Which makes sense. He misses the idea of them being together during the holidays, and it's kind of upsetting for him that he's going to be alone. But He doesn't like the distance after their kiss because they both got real awkward. Yeah. Which, you know, happens if, you know, things don't go the way that they did in your head, maybe, I guess. Yeah, like, he was expecting um, this big aha moment after it happened, and that didn't happen at all. I think maybe he was, like, hoping she'd be like, oh my god, I'm so in love with you after that. And but then he happen. got really weird and, like, yeah. left her in their meeting room, and then she got weird about it, and she's like, what did I do wrong? And then yeah. he's like, we can't jeopardize our coming. He gets, like, this whole string of reasoning, which makes sense. But, but, like, it was it was, it was a weird. mutual thing. Yeah, is my thing. So, all of this goes down. Everything is crazy. They go to leave after the guy's like, "Listen, I'm not going to do it. Right. I'm sorry." And they go, "Oh, honey, did you think you were actually going to make it to your hotel? We have a huge storm coming in." Yeah, that's not a thing we're going to do. So they get stranded at this place, this house. Yep. That they somehow magically have a guest house. They had created a guest house, like a cottage. Yes. Out of like a separate garage or something so that their um, son and daughter-in-law could stay there for extended times after the baby was born. That's the idea. Yeah. So they send them out to the guest house. Yeah. Now these two are stuck together. For like days. For days, yeah. And he's not a big fan of Christmas. He doesn't get it. And she's like, let me tell you all the reasons why it's great. I miss these cookies. I'm not going to get to make the cookies with my family. We're not going to get to watch Hallmark movies with my sister. Yeah, all these things. All these traditions. So he gets in touch with Kristen's sister and gets the cookie recipe. Mm -hmm. They make the cookies. They get a little tree. They're going to make it work. But in that, they kind of finally have the discussion about the kiss. She has to, like, force him. Yeah, because he doesn't feel comfortable with it. He feels really weird about it. did it. Well, she asked him to. Yeah, but, like, if you're not, if you're going to be weird about it, then don't do it. That's not how things work, though. But they're in a working relationship. Yeah. That's what makes it difficult, because now they're thinking, what's the office life going to be like? This is going to be awful. Blah, 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 blah. So, this whole time they're stuck in this cottage, 
She is teaching him the meaning of Christmas. He still misses her. Yeah. Part of the missing Christmas. And also the fact that she missed Christmas at home. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But they are stuck in this cottage and we actually get sex. The only story with actual sexual intercourse. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, it was better because of that, but it wasn't like the best sex we've ever seen. But there was consent and there was protection. I mean, always two things we look for in a sex scene. Which we rarely ever get. When was the last time we read a romance novel where they were like, gotta get a condom? Alicia Rye. Alicia Rye and Alyssa Cole. Yeah. I don't know why there's a step that we skip, because I think that sends a very bad message. It does send a very bad message, so... That that's like a normative thing to just not use. Thank you. Thank you to the authors who write condoms into their romances. Okay, condoms are sexy. I don't know what anyone else is talking about. Cat so. is a big proponent for condoms. <laughs> I just want everyone to know. I just don't understand why you wouldn't want that. Always have them on hand. I have them on hand, and I'm not having straight sex anytime soon. <laughs> so you're just making balloon animals? Yeah, in my bedroom with condoms. Ugh, slippery balloon. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> is that the episode name, Slippery <laughs> Balloon Animals? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. The boys are going to be like, what is wrong with you? Because oh. all they do is... I think all they do is see what we call them. It's always <laughs> something stupid I said. Uh, it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> so they have they have the sex. He learns the meaning of Christmas. They have their chat. They realize that the contract has fallen through, but they have a plan. They're going to make it work. It's going to be fine. And then it it has like a pro or an epilogue. It does. Which is fine, too. Just, I wasn't expecting it for such a short book. But we... I thought we were going to be happy. <laughs> well, then. there was still happiness. Oh, yeah, no. But then we, like, Beca- jump forward. Be- we jump forward a year, mm-hmm. and it's the following Christmas, and Kristen takes Jasper home to experience her family Christmas. In their cramped house, with all of them in pajamas that may or may not match, and a piano that's slightly off-key. And, and they sleep on a futon, know. and they're going to leave to a hotel room so they can fuck... Because he's having a hard time. Yeah. Walls are thin. Walls are thin. Doesn't he... He plans on marrying her? He's going to propose to her when they get to the, like, Airbnb or whatever The hotel or whatever it is, yeah. This one was better than the first one. I feel like if we were ranking these, it would be middle. Yeah. I would put Mistletoe and Mimosas first. Right. Missing Christmas. Yeah. And Starry Night. Yeah. So... With that being said, for Missing Christmas, rate it on a scale of 1 to 5. Oh, God. I'm going to go right in the middle. I'm going to say 1.5. It had a lot of elements I liked. It had a lot I didn't like. Okay. It had a lot of whininess. Giving it a 2. Yeah? Yeah. 3, okay. 2, and 1 if we have to do it that way. Okay. All right. In the order we just said that we would put them in. So I gave it a 2. It was better. There were elements that I really liked. There were elements that I was just like, ugh, shut up. I'm over it. I'm tired of it. But I got through it. Yeah. This was surprisingly um, an easy read despite not really enjoying it. If that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. I I don't know. It was just, it was a struggle because I feel like we started with the Fern Michaels and that made me, oh my God, that made me not want to read the rest of them because I was like, oh my God, if they're all like this, I'm going to pull my hair out. I remember you texting me and saying, I can't get through the first one. And I'm going, Kat, 
trust me, it's an easy read. It just get not. through it, and the next one is better. Okay. It was it was a rough time. It was a rough time. So everyone who was really excited about this book, I'm glad it hit all the right spots for you. It just didn't for us. It just didn't for us. We yeah. didn't enjoy it as much. Um. So join us next time, and we will be discussing Eating Her Christmas Cookies by Alina Jacobs. And um, do we have a closing for the Christmas one? No, we don't. We um, didn't discuss. No, we didn't. So... Merry fucking Christmas, guys. Happy holidays. <laughs> happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy whatever holiday you spend and That'll just enjoy. have to work for now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're all going to be doing something crazy right around the holidays this year. I'm going to be in Minnesota, where it's probably going to be cold as fuck. It is cold as fuck. Right? Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be four. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. You're going to be moving your sister. Oh, yeah. I'll be gone. It's going to be bananas. So be wonderful. Yeah, enjoy your holidays, guys, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.